0: A voice sweet like a butterfly, a tongue that stings like a honeybee. Your sister love extraordinaire, AKA Red Sonia the Song Bee. Welcome to episode number 35. Of the Sister Love Untethered and Under the Radar podcast, I am Sister Love Sonia B. The Song B. Your host. How you living, people? How you living, friends? Yes, yes, yes. It is July, almost August, and your Sister Love has been out and about. I had a birthday. I've done some a little bit of traveling and stayed away. And before you know it, weeks became months, and then took a, my health took a turn for the worse. So, people, I've been out of commission, but I am back. And to start with, let's just do a quick uh, P-square check-in. That's peace plus health times happiness. So, my pH level 1 to 5 is, I would say, a 3.5. I could be wonderful. But you know what? I'll take that. And to start up with my pH factors are simply that I feel that I need to get more control over me and things. You ever wake up feeling that way? That's how I feel. I feel that I've kind of missed out. I missed you all. I missed doing the podcast, And that means that going from a high with birthday and celebration. And by the way, I had a wonderful birthday celebration with family in Southern California. I expanded my time for a for a couple of weeks and went into a third week uh, between Los Angeles and Palm Springs. And and I needed the love. I mean, let's face it, after 2020, the whole year of isolation and really not being in uh, the guest of, of close friends and loved ones, and you miss that. And after all, we all feel that we just need a hug. You know, a virtual hug is is okay, but sometimes it's just not quite getting it. And when I say a hug, this could also preclude, yeah, we need a lot of other things. We're humans, after all. Maybe we need intimacy. I know that uh, COVID sex has been high for a lot of people. I know that the the social media apps and the dating apps probably never had more activity than they did in 2020. Listen, folks, I'm single. I engage in the social media apps. I engage in, of course, and I also engage in the dating apps. I like to see what's out there. Look, I'm single. I am a single, vibrant woman (laughs) with needs. But I do engage in social media apps, but I also engage in dating apps because I just want to see what's out there. What are people thinking? What are people doing? And I'm sure if you didn't engage in dating apps prior to 2020 and prior to COVID, you, you probably picked up an app and said, you know what? I need a little mental stimulation, maybe a little entertainment. And voila, before you know it, you're engaged. It doesn't take much, but, and the whole idea, and I love the theme with Hinge, is that you, the idea is that you're supposed to pick it up and delete them, meaning that you have found your match, and this is almost a plug for Hinge. I I like to swipe and scroll, and there's a couple of apps out there, but I tell you, there's More trouble out there than what's desired. (laughs) Absolutely. And from a male perspective, I'm sure that uh, it's a little different. They see things a little differently. There's a lot of women that are very, with tantalizing images online to attract. Um, maybe a significant other. Everybody has different needs. People are looking for different things, and that's something else I found very interesting. But one of the first opening dialogues is, "What are you? Why are you here?" And you want to do that because you really want to shake the leaves off the trees and figure it out. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Talking about dating apps, and we'll have to do that uh, sometime in the future. But in the meantime, people, my friends, I miss you, I miss the podcast, I have been gone for far too long, and your sister love, Song B is back, so I'm going to do a check-in, I want to know on the P squared, that's peace, plus health times happiness, how are you doing? Give me a shout. Go to the Sister Love Extraordinaire uh, Facebook page and leave a comment and let me know what's your P-squared. How are you living? What's your pH level? And what impacts your level, one to five? So my P-squared today, peace plus health times happiness, I am grateful and thankful and happy to be here. I feel uh, a little more rejuvenated. So my pH level one to five, I would say four. Now, my friends, since I haven't seen you or we haven't uh, uh, been able to engage over the last several weeks, uh, uh, actually a couple of months or so, I had uh, spent time with friends and family in in Southern Cal, as I stated, and. I end up uh, getting injured and my health took a turn for the worse and some challenges, physical challenges that I'm facing. And this happens, but the also physical challenges impact your well-being, your mental well-being. Uh, and there's psychological challenges that impact our mental well-being. I think what's most important is that don't beat up on yourselves. Just don't beat up on yourselves and don't allow other people to do that. So so what's on my mind what's really important is I have to be grateful because you know what I woke up amazing amazing me there you are and that's what's on my mind so the truth is though I I challenge myself to do better just do better in fact that is the solo cast topic of today episode 35 is Just do better. (laughs) Okay? So, I want to talk about some, uh, share with you some of my morning ponders in keeping it real. And uh, these are just things to ponder. So, why do men in their 20s think it's sexy to send a dick pic as an introduction? Hmm. I wonder why. Do they really think that? What do you think? Well, let me know what you think. Leave your comment on the Facebook page as Sisters Extraordinaire, and I'll be happy to post it and share your comment. So amazing things that are happening now in the month of July going into August, well, something very amazing by someone that I admire, Richard Branson took his first commercial flight to space. and well we could say commercial it will be commercial, I guess it is commercial, but it's private his private uh, space capsule that he's going to commercialize and right on Richard and yes just Jeff Brussels uh, Biso's one. One week later, did exactly the same thing. So, right on to Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos. Uh, I just don't know if I'm ready to do something like that. Now, looking at the two space vehicles, this is an amazing feat on on any private level. But I do like the idea Jeff Bezos' spacecraft had windows all around in the capsule. And his space capsule shot up into space. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think I need to take a little sip of my morning cafe. Olé. Yeah, well, and Richard Branson's, and I believe Richard Branson's space capsule was uh, carried on a, partially on the back of another uh, uh, aviotic vehicle, if I said that right, correctly. It was transported by another vehicle and then released. And I thought, you know, um, well, my thoughts are is that first of all, this is a heck of a, of achievement for both of them, and but you know, if you live during the time when these uh, rocket that was launched out of the, from the us into space blew up before your eyes, and this was in the late 80s, so yes, I am a mature woman, and I saw that <clears throat> you always think about what really acts happens is that these are. Uh, explosions. Really, the power that it takes to put something up in space like that is explosions. And what we saw was an explosion. And you just really want to know that these billionaires put all they could into the science and the research and the perfection of launching a vehicle in space before you decide to step inside. But Listen, I think their both of their achievements are just uh, fantastic. There aren't enough superlatives for me to even express my thoughts about it. It's amazing, and to see the, to have the visions and the images transported of them just floating around in space. Uh, you know, even though we're talking about they were in space for what, less than somewhere between 10 and 12 minutes, something like that, to be able to float around and see the Earth at uh, a distance in uh, a zero-gravity gra- level and experience that, that is really pretty amazing. So, so allegedly, so this is, uh, the description is that the Virgin Galactic um, space vehicle or rocket, rocket power vehicle reached about what's referred to as Mach 3 after two minutes of being launched and reached its peak of ad- altitude at 282,000 feet, which is like 53 miles into space. Well, it's amazing. It's amazing. And um, it's, it's, an exciting, it's an exciting thing. So I wonder what that means for the future. Now, Jeff Bezos, when he uh, returned in his spacecraft back to the planet, he got very motivated and decided to give away millions of dollars. I stand to be corrected. He and his wife, Gave away billions. That's right, billions of dollars. Wow. So, if a trip to space does this to just uh, uh, to Jeff Bezos, Richard, where are your billions or millions? Hey, Jeff Bezos, sister love right here, Sonia Songby, sure could use about. 10 or so of those millions, Jeff Bezos gave about $100 million or more to Van Jones. And pardon me, I stand to be corrected. It is Jeff Bezos and his ex-wife uh, who is, has launched the, uh, it's called Courage and Civility Award. And there is something about going to space that makes people become philanthropic. All I have to say to that is, hello people, I hope you're listening to this podcast. Jeff, Richard, you can just direct a couple of those millions my way. Sister love, <laughs> untethered and under the radar podcast. Come on and help some women of color. That's what you can do. That'd be pretty awesome. Same goes for you, Van Jones. Don't be selfish. (laughs) Anyway, but right on for them. That's an awesome achievement. Uh, I think I will really have to think this one out before someone knocks on my door and says, Hey, I've got a ticket to space for you. How about that? Okay, some other amazing things that have happened since I've shared my thoughts with you. How about the new NBA champions, Milwaukee Bucks? That was uh, a great accomplishment for them. Um, I, you know, not taking anything away from the Phoenix Suns, but I think it's really was. Uh, I guess the wait was worth it. I'm sure if you ask any of the fans of the Bucks, they will tell you, yes, 50 years. Wait was worth it. was worth it to get to come to this day. And, look, Phoenix Suns and their marvelous coach and with a great team. Um, my heart goes out to Chris Paul. But, you know, you've, you're, you're on a wonderful team. A team that was able to make it to the NBA championship and <coughs> excuse me the better team uh, just won in this ca- case Chris Paul I don't know what your plans are but I think people would like to see you like to see you walk away with a championship so who knows maybe next year is your term and we certainly enjoyed watching Devin Booker play I did and I think most people, can say that there is a promising future for Devin Booker. And by the way, Devin Booker, who happens to be the hot boyfriend to Kendall Jenner. So they make uh, not only an attractive couple, but one power couple. So bravo to them, you know. And But again, I don't want to take anything away from the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are the 2021. Champ, NBA champions, well deserved. Giannis and Tunde That's a hard name to say. <laughs> I try to say it over and over again, and and actually I love the name, uh, but I'm going to say congratulations again to Giannis. So, speaking of championship. So it is the 2021. The other amazing thing that's happening is the 2021 Olympic opening ceremony. It was phenomenal. The highlights were the grand entrance of the athletes, of course, from 200 countries. And I just love seeing the athletes proudly parade their flag, their colors, you know, and just looking just really wonderful like gods like mythical gods right and uh so the ceremony that tokyo put on really a, a phenomenal ceremony with a kabuki dancer which was to ward off negativity and they had artists from around the world singing uh, the famous uh john lennon and yoko ono song imagine so some of those artists included keith urbane uh, John Legend, Angela cujo and that was a dazzling performance and um, to top it off, there was an amazing firework display around the entire stadium and not to mention the one thousand eight hundred and twenty four drones that illuminated the sky just hovering that in the form of formation of a globe of a, you know, uh, just above the stadium, can you imagine what that night would have been like? You know, just just suck, suck, suck to COVID. But, you know, how awesome it was for anyone who had the privilege and the prestige and the honor, the honoraries that were fortunate to be present and witness that wonderful event. And to top it off, Naomi Osaka carried the torch to light the Olympic cauldron, which symbolized the commencement, the official commencement of the world's top competing athletes. And now we begin the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. So, wonderful. That's Those are some of the exciting things that have been happening that we are fortunate to witness and see. So, on with my topic today do better I want to start with uh, the Olympian rising track star well she's not an Olympian I'll take that back but unfortunately she'll miss this one Shikari Richards who is the rising track star who uh, qualified in June at Tim she qualified in a women's 100 meter dash with a 10.86 which made her the top and fastest among U.S. qualifiers. Unfortunately, Shikari Richards, she tested positive for marijuana and therefore was suspended by the Olympic Doping Commission because THC showed up in her blood test. Now, as a result of this, of course, there has been Many people who tried to stand up and protest on her behalf, however, rules are rules. And uh, Shikari was suspended. Now, on the other hand, the backlash of this is that uh, Shikari, who went on the Today Show and was interviewed by Savannah Guthrie, she explained that she was distraught because her biological mother passed away. Now, anyone that cannot imagine and understand, unless you have the world's suckest relationship with your mother, but any typical average human being that has the sense of emotions, heart, empathy, that has any degree of that, would understand and imagine what it might be like. To feel anguish and loss uh, or due to the loss of uh, a parent, well, Shikari Richards explained on the show that how distraught she was, and that she yes uh, admitted to having partaken in uh, marijuana to cope with that anguish. Now she did apologize on air and i 'm sure she apologized to the Olympic Committee, and at some point uh, uh, to her plea, which was unsuccessful, uh, to uh, be allowed to participate, it was a no-go. Uh, poor, poor young woman um, who has to wait four years, and we hope that she will have the agility and uh, the ability to return in four years. But she, you know, timing is very sensitive, particularly the the life cycle of a, a Olympic athlete and a sprinter. But she later, uh, after going on air, she did a, a tweet in her public plea. She said, "Don't judge me because I'm human. I just happen to run a little faster." Period. Full stop. I think that's that states a lot you know um, it's it's all of the critics that look at athletes as uh, above human, not supposed to be, but you know what at the end of the day, they are, no matter how you look at that. you know this and and at this time, what better timing to mention Naomi Osaka? Again, our torch bearer in the Olympics, but back on may thirty first she had to withdraw from the French Open due to her own mental anguish and and anxiety, uh, not due to the loss of a parent, but it just comes with the territory, and sometimes we fail or or the uh, professional media fails to look at people and athletes as being humans that they cannot have a bad day. They cannot deal with or have anguish. And uh, back in on May 31st, uh, her withdrawal from the French Open uh, resulted in fines, and she she uh, decided not to participate in in the the match or post-match interviews. And offered to pay the fines, which eventually she was fined $15,000, for not talking and speaking with the press. And she later exposed that, you know, there's so much anxiety that comes with it. And she just did not feel like it. She felt that she needed to take excuse herself and take care of her own well-being well ultimately ultimately the, the officials of the from the French o, uh, open publicly wished her the best nonetheless still find her <laughs> and uh and there was further backlash from um from the press but nonetheless it was it took that incident for Deomi to uh, expose uh, the challenges that she faces, you know, based on her wellness and mental well-being. Now, some of that backlash came, you know, throughout, uh, you know, the broadcast media. She was criticized. She went on, well, first of all, she went on to go on and and uh, grace the covers of sports um uh, what is it, s- uh, the s- sports uh, swimsuit edition, Sports Illustrated cover, Naomi, along with uh, two other firsts, which would be a rapper, Megan Kelly, and another, uh, uh, I should say a transgender. I'm sorry, I don't uh, have her name in front of me right now. But Naomi Osaka was one of them. Nonetheless, there were people who had to criticize her for doing that, who had to put their lesser two cents out there. And one of those people uh, happened to be, uh, beginning with Clay Travis, I think he was one of the first to give his insignificant two cents. Now, Clay Travis is a conservative, right-wing sports analyst, analysis, and a political commentator out of Nashville, Tennessee. He complained about that. Oh, she now she's got a reality show and she's got a documentary on Netflix and uh, you know. And she, he tweeted, "Oh, she, now she's too introverted to talk to the media after the tennis match." Yet she's launched a reality show, has a Barbie, and on a cover of Swip's, uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, illustrated in the swimsuit issue. <laughs> you know, so he was being snide, and you know, and just being a twit. Now, after that, another insignificant broadcast commentator, right wing. I uh, had to give her two cents, which was Megan Kelly, and then of course the uh, uh, antagonistic conservatives uh, out of the UK, Pierce Morgan. So I I find that it's so ironic that Megan would even try to put her two cents out there, but she went on to uh, tweet. And make a comment about um, her uh, Naomi being on the cover of the Vogue, Japan Vogue magazine. And I thought, you know, that's really funny that Megan would even try to give her two, two cents. And, and she did clap back. She clapped back at Megan. But nonetheless, she had to, you know, give uh, get out there and go back and forth in her negative tweet. Megan Kelly if you recall, is the person who was on Fox, um, Fox uh, News and who was seeking empathy because of sexual harassment on Fox News. She later went on to receive a very significant amount of money, which she was uh, awarded from Fox as a result of her uh, allegations of being harassed as a woman and sexually harassed. So then she wanted all of the public uh, empathy, you know, for, for a woman, a professional broadcaster uh, who had to undergo this kind of treatment. And now, Megan, you have the audacity to use and be blinded by your white supremacy and entitlements And you fail to see the double standards when another female needs support under her profession? When facing uh, emotional um, uh, anguish and criticism, you dare to criticize? Now, what is not very Karen-esque about that? There is no double standards, Megan. And you're no exception. So, no, you don't get a pass. And then after Megyn Kelly tried to go after Naomi Osaka with her negative tweets, Piers Two-Cent Morgan <laughs> had to uh, co-sign on Megan's behalf because Naomi, I'm going to applaud at Naomi's clapback, which was simply to just block her from social her social media. Megan, Kelly, you are insignificant. And you are blocked. So that's the clap back and bravo, bravo for uh, Naomi doing that. But Morgan then had to come in and give his two cents. His other insignificant lesser two cents. Uh, what's that? Lesser than a two cents is one cent, <laughs> pence. I don't know something really insignificant. And anyway, so I thought it was very ironic, and he's still sore simply because Meghan Markle, the higher royal Meghan, who uh, just about four six, four to five months ago refused to speak with him and blocked. His tale. So, this was really Pierce Morgan. You're just as blinded by your entitlements and just as stupid and ignorant, rather than use the opportunity to bring awareness, okay, <laughs> uh, uh, of these issues of mental health in the light of what happened to Princess Diana and you missed the mark with Meghan Markle you do it yet again here with Naomi Osaka all because you choose to align yourself with another white supremacist and i guess you're going to come to the damsel in distress white fragility and co-sign with Megan Kelly how dumb the dumb dumb that's just dumb and stupid <laughs> and beyond ignorant Anyway, this again, an example of people who just stay low. (laughs) If I may use the, uh, the words in the inference from Michelle Obama, you know, some of us just don't have to do that. And you know what? Blocking somebody and disengaging them. Well, I would say that's pretty high (laughs) and powerful. (laughs) So, I, I'm I'm down with that and totally understand. <laughs> anyway, but Naomi, in her defense, she uh, uh, stated that, you know, when she decided, with particularly in the Friends Open, to disengage, she felt that the press, rather than putting all of their attention and wanting to drain her. Mentally, and because Naomi during the French Open, if you saw or anyone recall, she wore a mask. And and during the Open, the mask she always had the name of someone who had uh, lost their life due to police brutality. And on that particular day, she stated that instead of the press trying to find the wrong reasons to give attention, their attention should be on the man who lost his life, which, who was Jacob Black, who was shot seven times by the Wisconsin—well, actually, he did not lose his life, but he was shot seven times by the Wisconsin police. Instead of giving attention to that issue, they wanted to make an issue out of her withdrawing and not speaking to the press. Naomi said to uh, her rebut to everyone and to the press is that you know what? Before I was an athlete, I'm a black woman first, and so she just re- refused to engage those press adjutants and, and and blocked it. You know what? Taking care of first yourself first has to be first and foremost. And this is not now... The good thing about this is that Naomi Osaka is using, you know, this issue in in her profession, which happens to be professional athlete and tennis player. But the same is true for people in the workplace. Your mental health and wellness, as well as physical, should always come first. And because... The the mental programming of, of being uh, a modern-day slave to your job means that you fear allowing yourself time to take care of yourself and to recognize when you need help. See, before, you know, people would always, and there is still most, the majority of Americans numbers of americans i'm talking people that are in you know middle to below moderate pay job paying jobs on these jobs and afraid to speak up for yourself you know in fear of oh if i you know can't do this then i won't be hired i won't do this this is the programming of of capitalism in the workplace, in America. And it's not right. Work cultures have to change. They have to change. You know, we're in a culture, in a society that has way too high of postal syndrome in the workplace. We have too many um, mass gun shootings and most of which can be blamed in some way or another on mental health, as well as racism, you know. And, and we're talking about it, mental illnesses. People that really themselves don't want to live, but they're going to take it out on other people. It's another form of being suicidal. But anyway, but getting back to the health and wellness of athletes, another athlete is Michael Phelps, who brought it to uh, the attention and something that we've never seen among uh, athletes and Olympians about their mental health and wellness. I mean, just a little chronology of Michael Phelps and what he went through. Uh, he became vocal about his depression And how he uh, had abused substances. And he was suicidal. He had suicidal thoughts. um, That he suffered in the past. In 2004. He had his first DUI. At the age of 19. A few months after that. He won six gold medals. Six gold medals. And his first DUI. Was prior to winning those medals. In 2008. Phelps was suspended from the summer Olympics briefly because of we've seen this we're seeing it right now because of marijuana use and that was after he had, had been become a, a, a eight gold medalist at the Beijing received eight gold medals at the Beijing Olympics. Wow so is there a difference? Between him and Shikari Richards, is there? The only difference I see, if you want to draw attention to it, is gender and race. Hmm, that's interesting. In 2012, uh, Phelps admits to having struggles to get motivated for the uh, heading into the 2012 Olympics, and at 2014. He hit a low point, and this is after he abandoned retirement to compete yet in his fifth Olympics, and then later only to be arrested for a second DUI. And this is when he decided to check into a rehab clinic in Arizona. He said this is when he finally realized how much he was hurting. He didn't realize it. He was hurting so much that he was contemplating suicide and he just didn't feel like he wanted to go on living so you know this this the state the mental wellness we look at athletes as being superhuman but we don't attach being superhuman or the or the human side of it is your mental and emotional well-being. Now, Phelps had uh, an HBO sports documentary called The Weight of Gold, and he talked about the state of mental health and wellness in that documentary. So we see, you know, what the things in common amongst athletes, and, you know, and thanks, thanks, that you know Phelps brought this to the forefront, when you have people like Naomi Osaka, Phelps, Shakari Richards, and I'm sure there are several, many other uh, athletes who have challenges with mental health and emotional well-being. It's just that now this is an opportunity to really address these issues and these people, these individuals in their positions. And, you know, and, it, and it's uh, unfortunate for Shikari Richards, but she can use this with, uh, obviously, help and coaching to turn this around and make it a positive, not only for herself, but for other people and, and those who, people who may be suffering that look like her. And I really hope that she utilizes this opportunity in that way, also just, to, you know, to get herself some help. Through the challenges, now uh, Naomi Osaka, she did, she's turned this uh, all of this attention on her as an opportunity, and and she also thinks other people who reached out to her in that support. Um, She said that in the issue, and as she's featured on the cover of uh, July Time Magazine, she says, "quote unquote," it's okay not to be okay. So she stated in the article, Lesson 1, You can never please everyone. The world is as divided now as I can remember in my short 23 years. Issues are so obvious to me at face value, like wearing a mask in a pandemic or kneeling to show support for anti-racism are ferociously, ferociously contested. I mean, wow. So when I say I needed to miss French Open Press Conference to take care of myself mentally, I should have been prepared for what unfolded. Now she emphasized, I communicated that I wanted to skip the press conferences to exercise self-care and preserve my mental health. And I stand by that. Athletes are human. And it's okay not to be okay. I mean that full stop says that. First of all, I'm so proud of her for speaking up for herself. I'm so proud of her, you know, uh, standing up, taking this opportunity, and taking this negative that that the people are trying to spin. I'm talking about the professional uh, commentators in uh, broadcast media and print and using this as an opportunity to not only strengthen herself, inspire other people, but to make a bold and unapologetic statement to everyone who might be struggling uh, with mental issues. People need to do what they need to do to take care of themselves And not be afraid to ask for what they need. That's what Naomi says. There's a sports psychologist. uh, I can't think of the name, but she, right now, she says, uh, uh, Naomi should be applauded because she did the right thing. Now, I mentioned that Naomi has received a lot of support as a result of this. And people... With you know, such as Michelle Obama, of course Michael Phelps, Serena Williams, Steph Curry, uh, Novak uh, Novak Jovic, uh, ball the basketball player, including Meghan Markle. So this can only instill uh, a sense of pride, standing up for herself, and and for all the other people. In professional and non professional forms of, of media, broadcast professionals to s- social media. You know what, people? You know who you are? Just do better. Just do better. Time for our Shiro segment featuring Miss Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka. Born October 16, 1997, to parents Leonard-Maxime Francois and Tomakai, Osaka, in Osaka, Japan. She grew up in the United States and by the age of three began playing tennis. Standing 5'11 at 23 years of age, Naomi is ranked number one by the Women's Tennis Association. She is a four-times Grand Slam singles champion at the U.S. and the Australian Opens combined. She is a leading activist in professional tennis who fearlessly brought awareness of individuals slain by police at the 2020 U.S. Open. Haitian Japanese, a fierce professional athlete, and proud woman of color, Naomi is gracing the covers of Sports Illustrated and Vogue magazine. She is a trailblazer whose passion and strength and power is consistently breaking down barriers. Naomi Osaka is our sister love Shiro. Okay, it is time for our last segment. That's HQ humor, health, and happiness. Okay, for our humor story now let 's talk about the cleveland majors uh, uh, major league baseball team formerly known as the Indians, originally founded in eighteen ninety four they have now decided in twenty twenty one to change the name from the Indians to the gardens uh, guardians now did you know that in nineteen oh three the team was called (laughs) the Cleveland Naps. That's right, Cleveland Naps. Now, they didn't change the name from the Naps until 1915 when they changed it to the Indians. And for more than 100 and what, 15, 110 years or so, the Cleveland Indians had a mascot called Chief Wahoo. Now, (laughs) I wonder how many iterations of images did they go through for Chief Wahoo. And speaking of mascots, just who do you think their mascot was when they were called the Naps? I hate to know what that looked like. You think Buckwheat? Hmm. I don't know, might have been, might have been. Anyway, so when they were called, changed their name in 1915 to the uh, Indians, 1920, the Cleveland Indians went on to win a World Series. So since then, they have not won a World Series, and it's over 100 years At least we could give the Bucks some credit. They won one after 50 years. So I kind of believe that the Cleveland, now to be known as the Guardians, are hoping and praying that heaven will somehow shine luck down on them, the baseball heaven, (laughs) and the baseball gods will give them a new championship under a politically correct name, the Guardians. Well, who knows? Maybe the heavens will part open and there will be a brighter future for the Cleveland Naps, Uh, I mean the Guardians. In health, did you know, people, that there is an official certified swim cap for Olympic competition? Well, it was, uh, but it was not approved. It was called the Soul Cap, or it is called the Soul Cap. The Soul Cap is designed specifically For natural, thick, and kiki hair types for the Olympic teams. It was introduced and certified for competition to encourage inclusivity. However, according to the executive director of the International Swim Federation, Brent Nowicki, it was not approved and strongly criticized. He later went on to apologize to the brand soul cap for the dismissal and said earlier or, or perhaps later in the future they will uh, consider using the soul cap. I don't know if that's much of an apology, but I can tell you from the looks of it, the soul cap kind of looked like a diaper on your head, but I understand the attentions, and, and I think it's, it's a good effort for inclusivity. But in terms of our esteem and health for our hair, it's, you know, the naps need encouraging. And I'm not talking about the Cleveland naps. (laughs) I'm talking about the naps and the kinks for hair. So, yeah, I encourage the soul cap for the health of your hair. And on with happiness. You know who's happy? All of those Warrior fans that heard that Clay Thompson is going to be returning, he's healing, and he'll be back to play with the Golden State Warriors. That's right. And, and that brings happiness to me. The other happiness, kudos to Biden, who made sure that people got stimulus checks, And I got to give the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, kudos for bringing happiness, for extending tax credits for those with children and also making sure that there were stimulus plans that reach the lower income people in the state of California so right on and for bringing happiness and spreading it so everyone that's it for the sister love untethered and under the radar show today I got a tip to leave with you a slur a slur tip Don't leave this life without knowing your value and worth. And remember for those of you who don't always do so well just do better. (laughs) That's it. Please remember to follow and like, subscribe, share Sister Love Untethered Under the Radar podcast with someone you know. Be sure to add us to your feed. Take a moment, leave a comment on Sisters Extraordinaire, our Facebook page. You can follow me Sonia, Sister Love, Sonia B, the song B, at Twitter, that's Sister Love, at Song B, 510. And on Instagram, Sonia Brooks. Be sure to support through Patreon. Give us a five star on any platform that you listen to. Thanks. Peace, y'all.